Welcome to Aftersight, your home for stories for people just like you. Your vision loss journey isn't something to be ashamed of. Take a listen. And that's the main thing I remember learning when I was taught the slack line when I still had vision is don't look at the line below you, but look at your anchor point that's solid ahead of you. If you want me to cook your dinner, you have to put somewhere to go. <laughs> and I suppose part of this was also my own trying to figure out who I was and how to be in the world in this very new way. Prop, I would say a potted plant because I get sad when the flowers would like wilt, mm. you know, oh. eventually. I'm going to say fresh cut flowers because then I don't have to worry about killing a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at taking care of These people all have the same thing in common. You. Their stories are for your encouragement, your determination, and your inspiration. This is Aftersight. Welcome back to Aftersight. I am your host, Penn Street. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that you should really not leave your house because something is bound to go wrong. Well, that's pretty much what I've been experiencing. Yep, I'm in a kind of an active... I don't know. I'm very active outdoors person, and it's been really frustrating this year. Um, In less than... I would say even less than a year. I don't think it's been quite a year. I fractured and tore the ligaments in my right hand skiing. And then on Martin Luther King Day, I broke the other wrist. And just a couple nights ago, I managed to catch my fingers on my right hand in a garage door, leaving them extremely sore and hoping that it doesn't lead to anything seriously. And because I don't see so well, my fingers are really, really important to me. And I'm trying not to stress about it. Um, But it really does feel like all of this is happening because I can't see, even though stuff like this happens to sighted people every single day. Um, trying to stay in my happy place, but I don't know. Um, I'm not really a klutz. At least I don't feel like I am. I feel like I manage to get through life pretty gracefully, or so I've been told. Um, But man, this last year has just done a number on my body. Um, I even dislocated my shoulder during a camping trip last summer. It's just been kind of a bad bad year for my my body. Um, So (laughs) if you guys have any other opinions or advice for me, except for wrapping myself in bubble bubble wrap, I'd love to hear from you. Um, Yeah, I need some advice to um, get back on the mend. So Speaking of crazy accidents, (laughs) my guest today was pretty much there for the entire time, and he's been by my side through it all. Actually, he's been by my side throughout the past 35 plus years. 
He was my very first guest on After Sight. So any of you who've binged all of the episodes, you would have heard him on the very, very, very first episode. Um, and I brought, I have brought him back this week because, yep, it's Valentine's Day this week. And he is my heart. When we come back, my soulmate, my love, my husband, Moses Street will join us. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street, an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit AINcolorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit AINcolorado.org slash podcast dash guest. And now here's your host, Penn Street. Moses, welcome back to Aftersight. <laughs> Hello, dear. I, I didn't know I held that <laughs> high of esteem. I'm I'm thrilled. Well, Moses, because it's Valentine's Day, and I've got to be overly uh, romantic. We've from uh, when we met, which was right at the uh, beginning of October. uh, We've been together thirty-five years, four months, in about twenty days. Wow. That, that's aiming that that is aiming high, dear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> well, most you know, you know that I start off my show with some, you know, just some quick fire questions, so the audience yeah. can get to know you a little bit more than they already do. Yeah. Um, do, do you? Is that okay with you? Yeah, and <laughs> not and that just not with that one- you have a choice, but. Yeah, it, well, just one condition that that what however I answer any of these questions, that I don't end up in the doghouse for a month. Uh, <laughs> all right, I guess I can give you that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather owe money or owe a favor? Th- uh, that's a tough one, but but I would rather owe a favor. Uh, because Ooh. you're, you're, it's that especially in this day and age that human contact that it, it's mm. way nicer to be helping somebody than it is to just hand over cash. Oh, good answer, honey. Good. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm really curious to see what you'd say on this one. Would you rather be embarrassed or be afraid? It, it's um, that's a tough one in the sense that uh, I am afraid of everything, as as you kind of <laughs> know, and so it's pretty tough to embarrass me uh, <laughs> because because I uh, kind of make a living embarrassing myself. So I probably go. I'll, I'll go for embarrassment. You'd rather be embarrassed than be afraid. Yes, I, I could see that because I, I I have pulled a few pranks on you like different times, <laughs> and I was I was always in shock at how afraid you were. <laughs> <laughs> I I am uh, frequently surprised at being afraid of <laughs> what I'm afraid of. 
<laughs> okay. Now this one, I'm curious too. Would you rather lose sleep or miss a meal? Oh, oh you, you know the answer to that. You didn't even have to ask it. Lose sleep. I cannot lose sleep. Because in a perfect world, uh, 12 hours sleep is mandatory. <laughs> it is true. In a meal, I can give or take a meal. Unless it has pie, Unless fruit it pie. It has cherry pie or apple pie. Or <laughs> that's a different story. Yeah. yeah, you know that, what are they, that saying or belief, or maybe it's scientific fact, the older you get, the less sleep you need. That is not true for Moses. No. I, I On any level. I, yeah, that is still a mystery to me. <laughs> so by the time you're 100, you'll be sleeping 22 hours a day, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, now, <laughs> now to me, I'm an early riser because I'm always up at the crack of noon. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Now, hopefully you've put some thought into this one. Uh-oh. Is if you if you had a theme song, you know, like you know, like in the movies when somebody walks into a room or onto the scene, they play their theme song. Right. What would yours What would yours be? Well, um, it's tough because my ego wants something from a Clint Eastwood dirty western. <laughs> uh, but but thinking about it, it's like. There's only one theme song, and it's uh, Ain't Got a Barrel of Money. money. May look ragged look and, ragged and funny, funny, but we'll travel along. We'll travel along. Singing, singing our, our song, song. Side, side by, by side. side. We'll keep our day jobs, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We might get discovered on that. <laughs> <laughs> So Mo Moses and I actually met on uh, in October of 1987, and actually the date. So October is the tenth month. We met on the ninth day in 1987. So yes, it was ten nine eight seven, which we did not do that on purpose. And actually, it took years later. That we actually put the, the numbers, the numbers together. Um, so right there, I think it's kind of magical that we met on ten nine eight seven. Yes. Um, so most, like I yeah. said, you know this this week is Valentine's Day, uh -huh. and um, I thought, you know, I thought, well, I would really like to interview you because you are my heart. Aww. Oh. So, <laughs> but. We get a lot of positive response for our relationship. We've been together for over 30, what is it, 35 years and 20 days, did you say? Plus four. Um, or, <laughs> yeah. But our relation is, you know, it's far from perfect, just like, you know, all relationships. You know, we've had our, our ups and downs and back and forth and sideways and you name it. Um, but what do you think is that secret sauce that that has kept us together through so many so many it, ups and downs it would be a couple of things um it was the um and in keep in mind the people that are listening 
my version of a story is not necessarily Penn's version of a story. And so my response is almost more of a meta- metaphor. But when Penn and I met, we were uh, both kind of at the bottom of our respective barrels. And, and uh, so like I had been divorced twice. The second one had just knocked me off my feet. And so for me, it was the most, having been an entrepreneur, really successful, all that kind of junk, uh, it, what became the most important thing to me in life, period, over and above food, money, anything, was I wanted a relationship. And in my mind, it just so happened that Penn was the same way. And so there was, there was that tie. And literally, in my mind, especially the first 10 years, um, we worked 24-7 to learn how to have a relationship. And then because it's Valentine's Day, because I don't think I've ever said this one to you, and so I might get verklempt, is Uh-oh. I was so destroyed by uh, <clears throat> the second uh, divorce for all the reasons. And th- that I had seen a movie, a uh, foreign film, Woman on the Bridge. And this guy saves this woman from jumping ov- off the bridge to kill herself. Well, it turns out she is an actual, real, honest-to-goodness angel. So for our whole relationship, and this is not a metaphor, an example, or anything, I thought, totally believed that Penn was an actual angel, and and like a real biblical angel. And having known that when she was younger that she had died and uh, gone through the whole death experience, and that it was so beautiful, she did not want to come back, that the ego part of me was, oh, they sent her back to save me, because if anybody needed saving, it was me. Well, I realize now that she was sent back to help a lot of people. <laughs> and I was just one of them. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> yeah so that's that's wow no you've never never told me that uh, that's very sweet yeah yeah it's still true today oh uh, <laughs> yeah i mean we you know we had a lot of strikes against us from from day one you know besides my my vision loss um which that in itself usually is a deal breaker with relationships. But, you know, like you said, you, you, you'd already struck out twice um, in marriage. Yes. You, you know, you also, you know, you had a, you had two little girls um, that you were desperately trying to keep their lives together. And yes, that was hard. And, and, and let's not forget, we have a huge age. I mean, Yes. It's huge, but it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. A H age gap between us. Yes. Um, which that again just 
that alone usually, again, is a deal breaker or a relationship killer, whatever you want to call. Yeah. So even if you just take one of those things, um, it most most relationships do not survive. But yet we just kept, I mean, I think we were overachievers or something. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, it was, you would remember, but especially in those first 10 years, we were doing absolutely everything that we could possibly think of to become a better partner, uh, a, a better spouse, a better relationship, that kind of thing. We did. And we once did. we were uh, at, the, went to hear this uh, nationally renowned therapist and he called us up to be his example. And he, uh, to, before he started the process, you know, for helping couples, he goes, how old are you? And I, I, I don't know how old we were, but I'll say I was 50 and Penn comes back, I'm 30. And the therapist gasped and he goes, oh my and yeah, <laughs> which was definitely an indication. He goes, "Why are you even here? You're not going to make it." it. Yeah, and I, I think that everybody felt that about us. There was only yeah. just a very select few people, including the girls. Um, yes, Moses's daughters, which you know stole my heart, and and I think of them not as stepdaughters, but as my own daughters, and they believed in us. And, and like you said, we believed in each other. And the things that we did were sometimes conventional, like, you know, we did couples therapy, we did individual therapy, we were living in Boulder, Colorado. So we did, you know, yeah, we, we had 6, art, art therapy, and <laughs> art therapy, and all the different kinds of things. But we also did things like we pushed each other into doing things we hadn't done before. Like you were the one that really ignited the spark in me to hike and bike and enjoy out. Cause you were a very, you enjoyed all those things. Yes. And, um, and, you know, and I, you know, I really opened the door for you with learning more about vision loss and what that meant and opening up that whole world that you didn't even know existed. So Moses is a professional photographer. And so his world is extremely visual. Um, that's how he learns. That's how he, he lives is visual. And so to put the two of us together, that in itself could have been a deal breaker, um, you know, because, Visual just doesn't just doesn't quite do it for me like some of you. Um, so I really never could truly understand or um, grasp um, the beauty of your art medium, which was photography. But it didn't seem to matter like that. Those things just didn't. No. didn't seem to matter but I did believe in you I believed in your art I you know I I gave up my career which I I did cuz I wanted to to help you with your studio and gallery for a number of years because I even though I couldn't see what you were creating I saw the effect it had on other people 
Yes, yes, and it always had a huge effect. I think that's part of it was a way an artist, it's not usually presented this way, but the way an artist learns is through a muse. And a muse uh, is a, a person that something about them gets you really excited to learn a whole new world. And so for me, the blindness was not a negative. It was a positive to learn this whole new world. But yeah, you've, you've called me your muse uh, many times. And I didn't totally understand what that was at the beginning. But I, I look at it like couples should be each other's muses. Like, um, yes, it's almost like you're holding up a mirror and raising the expectations of what you are seeing is to me what a muse is. Yes. And it's, kind it's, of it's, like- it's somebody who inspires you to be more than you thought you were going to be. Yes. And, 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 and other way, just because I've been reading a lot about Tesla, uh, who played a major part in why we have electricity. Uh, so it's would be like a scientist, and here he has this electricity, but nobody in all of history had ever figured out what to do with it. And so electricity, in a way, was Tesla's muse. And so here it was, I wanted to know how to have a good, honest, legitimate relationship. I knew Penn did too. And so uh, each other was the model for good and bad. And uh, that was the thing I forgot. One of our abstract therapy things, we literally drew up a 10 commandments, which was probably Mm -hmm. 40 or 50 commandments. And (laughs) both the turned out that it was just a way that we were able to express each other's fears within a relationship. And because the idea of it being Ten Commandments, uh, not religiously, but it was funny that we would call it that, uh, uh, it, it made it doable that we could tell each other a lot that in those early days we could not have done otherwise. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. And I know that I mean we've had so many adventures together and one of the things that <laughs> people tell me this all the time that I'm a superhero and and you've done it occasionally too. Yeah. But you you never you never treat me like I'm blind. And I know it's really annoying to some people because <laughs> like you don't um yeah, this is a terrible example, but I've been out with people like this, like uh-huh. their husbands will grab their plate and cut up their meat for them, or um the the spouse or partner will grab the other person's arm or um just it's almost like you're preempting the need of the other person. And yes, some people might say that's romantic, 
Some people might call it codependency, but you never or rarely do you do that. Um, Correct. Yes. Yeah. So like Moses, like, I mean, I could see a little bit better than I see now, but not a lot. I was, I've been legally blind since I've told Moses. (laughs) Um, And we would, you know, we would go hiking at night. We would, and and I was not using a cane at that time. Um, I was riding my own bicycle and we were riding bikes over mountain passes and, um, you know, we, we just did all these things, ocean kayaking, things like that. And never it, or it felt like it never occurred to you like, oh my gosh, pen can't see. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should be doing this differently. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of scars from, um, doing those, but, um, Yeah, it was, right. I, I just, it just, oh, how would, I mean, it might have crossed my mind, but it was more, well, of course you can do that. Why on earth couldn't you do that? And we did yeah. figure out some unique ways for you to do some of the stuff, but, yeah. and going back a little bit was when uh, we first got together uh to me, it's a trap where you do all those advanced uh, helping the sighted person. And then I had learned that you ask the person, do you want help? But that was really hard for me to stop doing. You know, like, pen, there's a rock there. Pen, there's a branch over on the left. Pen, there's a mm. this and that. And and it... it uh, I absolutely did not want to do that. And now that's especially what I get yelled at by other people. Why didn't you tell your wife that there's a car coming? And I'll come back and go, well, she heard the car before I knew it was there. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's that super, super hero powers, right, that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even like... You know, I started off the show listing off all these just insane accidents I've had in less than a year. Yes. And we were talking about them the other night, last night, I think. And you you never talk about, well, you did it. That happened to you because you couldn't see. You, it's almost like a scientist. You create a project for it and like... Um, well, like getting my finger smashed in the garage door, you went out and tr- almost got your own fingers stuck in the garage door. Yes. <laughs> trying to figure out how it happened. Not because I was visually impaired, but you just wanted to know how to figure out how it happened. So we, like I said, we've had so many adventures together, Moses. We've I mean, I was just thinking about all the places we've been, Cuba, Costa Rica, Bermuda, Mexico, many, many, many times, yeah. Canada, Hawaii, and and so many more, including, you know, of course, here in the United States. Um, and we've done a lot together. You know, I can't even fathom how many, you know, mountain peaks we've hiked together, skiing and sailing, paddleboarding, camping, all the camping adventures and the, you know, thousands of miles uh, for road trips. What would you say was your favorite adventure that we've been on together? 
all those places that you're mentioning, there was so much good about it. Like the, uh, we would basically live in Mexico in the winter because we were in a mm -hmm. town and nobody, there weren't any customers in the winter. And so we would basically live in Mexico. And so like the, uh, before our actual marriage, when we went down there, that was, and we were getting into shape, like married people that are going to get married tend to do. And so that was a lot of fun because it was so physically active. But but my absolute favorite, because, uh, well, you know, I can talk hours about it, but it was uh, yeah. Havana, Cuba. And, oh, yeah. And it, it came about because we've been part of uh, news stories and that we were well aware that what we would hear in the news story was not what had actually happened. And so I yeah. just could not believe that Havana, Cuba uh, was this horror story. And when we went there, we found out, especially for an artist, that it was absolute paradise. And, yeah. and it was really exciting because we were being affected by all the negative propaganda. And, and yes, if you go government to government, uh, the horror stories probably exist. But we were with the people, and they were absolutely wonderful. And we just had so many fun days and, and yeah. uh, the exploring, and we met so many people. Uh, yeah. Just like I, if, if I could talk, uh, you, Penn, and the kids into moving to Havana, I, I would leave next. <laughs> I would go there next. But it was uh, Costa Rica was heaven. Uh, yeah. Pen pen humors this old guy, and I just I have always loved surfing. So any chance I get <laughs> to go surfing, so uh, she got me down to Costa Rica so we could surf for a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, that was heaven, uh, and so was Costa Rica as far as that goes. Yeah, so so it's been interesting with the age gap because, like, I feel when we first got together it was super noticeable and yes. and not just visually but also we were at different places in our in our lives yeah um and <clears throat> but then there was like this i would say 10 15 maybe 20 year that we were kind of even <laughs> Like, yes. Like people, people put me older and you younger and kind of meshed us. Yeah. But now, now it's almost gone back to that, that big gap again. And that I, I find that really interesting that it's kind of gone full circle. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, we, we joked that, um, uh, when we were first together, you were half my age, but mm -hmm. now you're uh, over three quarters of my age. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I see it in the sense that, uh, how would you put it? Age 
is, I, I mean, you see it in other old people, but then when you get old, it's surprising how fast you deteriorate. Because, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you can go from 20 to 40, 20 to 50, and you're physically, or in my case anyway, I could do more at 50 than I could do as an athlete in my 20s. Uh, uh, and so, but now uh, it is starting to t take, I mean, I'm still in perfect health. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, and, and in really good physical condition uh, so that I can still do everything. But it is visually, <laughs> visually, I'm showing my age, uh, uh, need naps, never took naps before. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, and, and you develop that old guy persona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it's interesting watching, because I've worked with seniors since I was really in my 30s, that's been part of my career is working with seniors losing their vision. And so I, I've, I've been around seniors, right? It's not like you're my first. Um, but, but, it's, but it's been interesting, the what do they call it ageism? Yes, that I'm seeing people for the first time, I mean, I'm used to people treating me differently because I'm visually impaired. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong, right. but yeah, they people think treat disabled. me different. But it shocks me sometimes when I hear it either in people's voices or their physical manner of how they treat you differently now than they did oh. 10 years ago. And that is, it drives me nuts. It's like, what are you, he's in better shape than you. Like, what are you I know, doing? I know. When was the last time uh, that we met a 20 something uh, year old that was in better shape than me? It just doesn't happen. I know. But that ageism drives me, people, well, I used to tease you because, uh, Anybody that's uh, got the inconvenience of no sight, uh, that people baby talk to you. And so, yeah. so that it wouldn't be so horrible for Penn, I would tease her about how ridiculous <laughs> it was to baby talk to an adult who was out hiking the person who was doing the baby talking. And, yeah. and uh, but now I get it. People explain, yeah. I, I had somebody the other day uh, giving me driving lessons uh, oh. <laughs> while we were going somewhere. And it was like, uh -huh. yeah, I go, I've been, uh, you know how, and uh, oh, and at the grocery store, well, do you want us to carry this out? And I pick up, <laughs> you know, two 50-pound bags and go, <laughs> no, there's nothing for you to carry. <laughs> So <laughs> I know it drives it drives me crazy that yeah. people like look at other people and it's that going back to that visual like so it's almost backfiring on you because you're such a visual <laughs> your your life has been so visual that now people are looking at you visually 
and seeing something and judging something that's not even true. That's starting to happen way too much. Yeah, we were, well, we were up skiing. um, Actually, I think it was the day, Martin Luther King Day when I broke my wrist, but we were inside and um, we went and got a hot chocolate or something before we headed home. And the woman who checked us out gave me, gave us our hot chocolate for free because her looking at me at being blind and skiing it inspired her so much that she bought us hot chocolate. And some of you out there in the audience might think, oh, that's so sweet. But no, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, that is not inspiring. Like, you need to raise your bar of what inspiration is. Yeah, I, um, I just thought of a metaphor. Is it's like a uh, action adventure actor taking all the yeah. credit for what his stuntman did. Yeah, so. yeah. But that, but they're, I, but they're doing it to you now. Like, yes. oh my gosh, you're seventy five, and they do. They start slowing down how they're talking <laughs> to you, <laughs> and they talk louder because everybody in their seventies is also hard of hearing. Yeah. But it's just been so weird to me to watch the world start treating you the way they've always treated me. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, I we know we know who they are. I'm not going to name any names, but we even have friends that have started grabbing your elbow, like when yeah. there's going to be ice or ice or there's a step. Right. You know who you are out there, and it's like, oh my, like for me to experience it on like on the other end, it's just like that is awful. <laughs> yes, and it's it's. Uh... Well, part of it is, oh, this only kind of relates in that, to me, it is really cruel that as you get older, you still think that you're in your 20s or 30s. You see yourself that way. Like, I'll catch myself looking in the mirror thinking I'm looking at a 40-year-old, and and Mm. which to me is cruel because you're not that young. But then at the same yeah. time, it has always been my goal that whenever I die, yeah, that's when I die. You know, yeah. I'm not trying to live to 90 or 100, but it's always been really important to me that I could do anything that I did in my 20s, that I can do it up until the day I drop. And yeah. so far, pulling it off. Yeah. So one of the things that I definitely want to get on here is because you said the beautiful, you know, thing about the angel on the bridge is one of the gifts that that Moses gave me that I, I cherish every single day of my life is is the girls, um, our our daughters, Chantry and Tate. And they were, Tate was barely five. You know, she was like, what? two five years and two months or something yes and chantry was eight when i met them and they they were my buddies from from day one and it has been 
such a wonderful experience for me being part of their childhood, watching them, you know, turning into adults and meeting their husbands and, you know, being mothers. And um, that has just been such an incredible gift that, that all of our ups and downs and twisty turns was worth it just to be stick, remaining part of part of their lives because when things would get hard, you know, and they did, you know, we've been through some close, too close breakup times. Yeah. Um, it was them. It was, they were the glue that, that held me in place, you know, because as the non birth mother, I knew that if we did not stay together, the odds are really high that I would not have ever been able to continue to be part of their lives, especially when they were little. And that that was just enough to keep me working on the relationship. And of course, we always found a way to come back together. And um, yeah, shout out to Chantry and Tate and yeah. Now to be a na- a nana and and a pop pop, it's well. They were really good teachers for the both of us as to yeah. be better human beings. Because if you yeah. don't become a great human being, your kids lost. Yeah, and that's true. They were so good at being that glue that binds. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and and we do. Moses and I, we get so many accolades and about what an amazing couple we are, and and we are. I mean, I'll take the compliment because we are. <laughs> Damn yes. it, we you know we we put the work in, and, and you know we're reaping the benefits of it now. And even now, it's not all. You know, not every single day is absolutely perfect, but like Moses, you've just said it over and over again, is we both really, really wanted this relationship to work. And, and we did, we, we put in, <laughs> yeah. we put in so, so much work and, well, but. It, it would be, it would be like along the lines you're talking is that they say a couple um, if you go through something that should and could break you up and you make it through that, then yeah. you're going to be a stronger couple. And, yeah. and so we joke that we've been through so many of those that, <laughs> uh, there is nothing that would break us up at this point. There's like yeah. nothing Penn could say or do that I would walk away from the relationship because no, there's a way to work it out. And yeah, uh, yeah, on that point, and uh, there was more, but there's part of my old man showing through, losing (laughs) losing the thread. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, when when you were talking, uh, we're going through uh, a, a thing now where my dream situation is Penn and I working together 
and never, ever, ever being separated for more than an hour or two at a time, where Penn loves the independence of a separate job and that type of thing. So mm -hmm. that's my learning curve right now is uh, how do we have that closeness and intimacy um, working separately from each other? And, yeah. and the, as each one of us becomes successful at what we're doing, it's taking us apart more physically. And so yeah. we're coming up with uh, figuring out new and better ways of being together. Yeah, and it's that's not true. Done. And speaking of, <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of that, um, is you've been working really hard on this sort of like, I don't know if you want to call it a career, but or maybe you do your this new chapter in your life. Yes. Um, do you want to do you want to share what you're doing? Oh, no, you know how humble I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, uh, it, it was um, well, it's social media and and my overriding career theme for the last well, since a little bit before I met Penn, was I discovered why people photograph badly. And so I have been researching the human face and what affects the human face for over almost 40 years now. And so this new thing, it was always, if you could just change a person's personality a little bit, which is a near impossibility, you can change their life dramatically. And yeah. so this social media thing is I finally have enough people to be considered a content provider. So mm -hmm. it's uh, I get roughly uh, 7,000 to 10,000 views a week, um, which is way more than I was getting in the beginning. And people are thinking of me as a content provider, and we haven't turned it into money yet. But the creative process is making an old dream come true. I always wanted to make movies and um, partially the glass ceiling and uh, partially a really long story, which I'll spare everybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I never really did movies. Well, now, because of the restriction of you really don't want to go over a minute and a half on a movie, I'm uh, like literally writing one to two movies, short films, a minute and a half every day. Then you got to scout the location. Then you've got to come up with the costuming. Then you got to figure the character. Then you got to learn your lines after you wrote your lines and then practice the character so it's believable when you're watching it and all that kind of stuff. And hitting that nonstop eight hours or more a day, frequently way more a day, uh, going into that creative world constantly is dramatically changing my personality. And so yeah. I am putting that why people photograph badly, and I've always been looking for the key is how to use what I learned with that to change a person for the better or the place they'd want to go to. And I may have stumbled on it through this social media thing. So I'm really, really excited. And hopefully well, and it will be a career. 
Yeah. And one of the things that I love that you are doing is um, like Moses did a short video of me skiing and he did the voiceover. It's, it's like he's educating or yes. changing stereotypes. I don't know how you want to describe it, but people are actually asking you questions through TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And you're actually changing these stereotypes in a huge way for not only for blind people, but for ageism or people who are addicted to drugs or whatever your, your message is, you're doing it in such a way that yes, people are grasping it without being judgmental and like just, and you got in uh we'll share in the podcast notes, how to, how to find out more about Moses' social media media. But like one of them was he did a, he did again, it's a short video, but he, had me walking and it's beautiful. It's idyllic (laughs) me walking this trail with my guide dog. And there was a dead rotten raccoon sitting on, you know, laying in the middle of the trail. And of course my guide dog took me around it and I kept going. And he, he, he made a comment about sometimes there's positive things about not being able to see you miss the ugly the ugly of the world and and it was awesome because this woman these people start commenting on it like oh my gosh that's lucky that i would love not to have to see the ugly but then this somebody said yeah but if you can't see the ugly you're going to miss the beauty yes and it really actually made me think about it like Oh, because I've said that. Like, it's kind of nice not seeing all the, <laughs> the... I can smell it, but I can't... I don't have to see it. Um, but it, you've really... I think you've... you Like you said, you're really on to something big. And yeah. um, several of his videos have gone viral. And so if you want to check Moses out, can you, can you share, Mose, where they... Like, what's your... Well, the handle is that what it's called? Yeah, it would. Well, f- f- if if you are not on TikTok, which I know older people aren't, um, uh, except well, uh, on Facebook because I put it on the reels and I put it on the uh, well, it's on the reels, so you can see it on the face page, um, and anything that goes on TikTok goes. Uh, in those reels eventually. But on TikTok, if you write it out one word, ragged and funny, that will take you to the TikTok page. Um, and I wanted so to again throw- that so so again the TikTok is ragged and funny. Yes. And then on Facebook it's Moses Street. Yes. And then on Instagram it's ragged and funny stories. Yes. And um, yeah. I wanted to throw one more thing in because it's a fascinating is, is the videos that I'm putting together is the whole gist of it is making fun of me 
being old. And that gives you like all this leeway to be a character. And yes. in doing it, I can talk about anything, bringing it back on me being an idiot about it so that everybody can hear it and understand it. And kind of a sad, but really neat to me is I get every day uh, people who who uh, join uh, making comments that, holy cow, you're the father I wish I had, or you're the grandfather oh. I wish I had. Uh, yeah. And, and it's a really knowing how tough it is to grow up any period in history, but especially now, it's really yeah. neat uh, to be that figure. Yeah, it is. It's been really wonderful to watch it just explode. But I know you worked really hard to get it to get it where it is today. Yeah. So Moses, what what would you want the takeaway to be today for people? Uh, <laughs> it would be um, relationship is every like like. It dawned on both of us that raising uh, our two daughters was that children were an opportunity for growth in the parent, and and mm. that was important. But a relationship, you are learning how to live twenty four hours a day with another person harmoniously, and it's. Um, and it would be like one thing, and this is partially from the photography and teaching people uh, uh, about themselves through photography, is that everybody thinks they're this brilliant communicator. I did. Yeah. You know, uh, all we got to do is love each other and communicate. Well, I have discovered over the last 40 years of teaching people how to look good in photos that two things, the average person... Uh, can't communicate at all. And yeah. to give you, to push it even farther, it has been extremely rare with hundreds and hundreds of people that I've worked with that they even know what they actually look like. Like they think yeah. they look like they're bad photos because they have this mental image of what they look like. And so mm. that has been the biggest most amazing part of our relationship is having to learn how to talk to each other and to actually communicate well hopefully everybody's enjoyed this show today it's been really fun um hanging yeah, out with it, moses as always um thanks for jumping on again moses um you're my guinea pig from day one with after sight so it's been real fun <laughs> you know, re-interviewing you today. And if you guys want to hear that original episode, just go back and, and it's literally the very first episode of After Sight. So Moses, thank you so much for, you know, letting me twist your arm to be on today. Yes, dear. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> No, I loved it. In fact, I, while you were doing that little bit, I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute. Everybody should just on their phones 
do interviews like this with each other because this has been wonderful. Oh, that is a good that's a good thought. Okay, for Valentine's Day, all of you out there, you should do a podcast interview with your sweethearts. Yeah, because I'll tell you, my wife's going to get the best hug and kiss she's had in maybe three months because <laughs> of this interview. <laughs> uh, promises, promises. Well, thanks. <laughs> thank you, Moses. And always, always thank Audio Information Network of Colorado. All of you guys do the hard work behind the scenes, not only on Aftersight, but on Blindsight, Topic of the Month, and all of our programming. So thank you guys always. Um, and don't forget, it's Valentine's Day. You guys can donate to AINC on our website. Um, your donations keep our programs flowing and growing at aincolorado.org. And remember, it's tax deductible. It's that time of year. And I hope everybody out there has a has a Valentine's Day that's better than they thought it was going to be. I know there's love-hate relationship with Valentine's Day. And if, you, if you're feeling all alone, go buy yourself some chocolate and some flowers and a glass of champagne or whatever it is that makes you feel special today. And, and don't forget, be kind to yourself and find a way to be kind to somebody else this week. It's good for your soul. So see you all next week. Again, thanks, Moses. You bet. See you in a second.